Michael, MVH, and Laura. Two of my favorite people in the whole world. Thank you very much. Thank you, Pastor Josh. Thanks, God, for inviting me. So good to be here. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> All of Africa, by this time, they are shouting, Hallelujah. We like shouting, Hallelujah. Because in heaven, that's the only language we're all saved. Whether you're Chinese or Turkish or African, one language is hallelujah. So we like shouting hallelujah. And, and that's what's going to be in heaven. Amen. I'm so glad to be here and to be invited. Michael has read from Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And that's the key verse, the Great Commission. I'm so happy and I have a little subtitle. It says, Making the Great Commission Great Again. <laughs> Making the Great Commission Great Again. I know there was a political leader in America and he had that team to make America great again. America is the greatest nation undisputable. But maybe you felt there's a need to make it great again because maybe the greatness is diminishing. But today we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about the Great Commission. The greatest of all. There's nothing that compares. I checked the word great. And the dictionary says this is anything of an amount of intensity considerably above the normal or average. And the synonyms are important. Substantial, pronounced, preeminent, prominent, eminent, celebrated, special, notable. It's the greatest of all. So I have just a few points. The first one is we need constant reminders about what the Great Commission is. Constant reminder. We need it. There's no dispute about it being the greatest of all commandments. You'll find the word the Great Commission in the Bible is not a word that's biblical, but it's, it's been used to describe, somebody says, the, the, the historical name for Christ's redemptive mandate to his disciples. He commissioned them to faithfully produce or reproduce themselves through sharing the gospel. Dr. John Minium says that. It's a redemptive mandate, and it's the greatest of all. And I'll go to our second point. Why was something that's the greatest? Be minimized. Why is something that's the greatest be, be sidetracked and made into something that's like the lowest? So we need to remind ourselves. So I am so grateful and thank God for Pastor Fensky and uh, Fenska and Pastor Josh Anderson and Pastor Martin, all the pastors and the leaders. Because I understand this is not happening in many churches in America anymore. America does send missionaries all over the world, and still America is sending more missionaries than any other continent or country. But I heard first from a, a mission leader called John Fletcher, former leader of Pioneers. He says, churches that used to talk about the Great Commission, that used to have mission events and mission weeks and celebrations, they are not doing that anymore. And this week, uh, the one-way retreat, I heard that from Michael Thompson, and it's, They've stopped doing that. It's out of vogue. It's outdated, outmoded. How can be the greatest thing ever be outmoded? So I salute Redeemer. 
Let's appreciate our pastors. God has blessed us with great pastors. God bless you. If I'll stay in Aurora, which I'll never stay, I'll, this will be my church. <laughs> but I like to go to the bush, though. But praise God, if I was in Aurora, this will be my church. I love this church. So we're talking about the Great Commission because people don't want to talk about it anymore. How is that possible? Something that is supposed to evoke such joy, that passion. I can never forget one day, I got an email. I think it was 1st January. I got an email from Laura Van Eyes. And she had read an article, a blog, and she sent it to me. And, and the writer was saying, many times when people hear about the Great Commission, they feel like a guilt, a burden, something that's like a drudgery, like medicine, like you have to take medicine. My, my children don't like medicine. Even they are sick to the highest point, and, and they say, take this medicine. It's like, no, this will make you well. No, no. I don't want it. And that's how the Great Commission has been to the church. No, no. You got to drag. Like Laura has to drag some of you to the Bible study. Laura is one of the best Bible teachers. If I was here, I would attend a Bible study. Because they have a revelation. And, and, and the premise of the article was, it's supposed to, the, the Great Commission was born, the church was born out of victory. The day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes out and, and 3,000 people are saved. It's like a bank. It's something that's supposed to be celebrated. Something that's supposed to bring us such great passion and joy. And so today, I want to bring the great back in the Great Commission. The joy, the passion. Hallelujah! <laughs> Should be excited. That's, that's the only thing. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for the salvation of those who believe. For anyone, it's the salvation first for the Jew and the Gentile. This is the result of the Great Commission. As the worship team was worshiping and leading, so beautiful, God bless you. I'm thinking, whoa, there are people who can worship like this. There are people who are worshiping idols. There are people who are worshiping false gods. And the Great Commission is to get them to worship like you're worshiping here at Redeemer. Isn't that awesome? Why would such a thing be a bad thing? Why would such a thing not be something that should be number one for every single church? Because if not for the Great Commission, there will be no church. Because it's about Jesus. So he's calling the church back. But I've realized we need that constant reminders. Every church. Every church needs that. I'm happy there's a Bible, there's a series on Matthew. And we, we, we're going forward, but every church needs that. I went to preach at a church, Pastor Josh. I was invited to speak at a church. And it was a Wednesday and Thursday and Friday was supposed to be a prayer meeting for missions. First time they're going to do a prayer for the lost. In Africa, people love to pray. Oh, they can pray all night. We used to stay in a place, and there were three churches. And every Friday, they are praying all night. You have to join there because you can't sleep. <laughs> but they are praying for themselves. They are praying for a visa to come to America. <laughs> they are praying for a husband, for a wife. They are praying for a job, for a promotion. It's all self, self, self. And I said, if the church will pray for souls, for revival, for the Great Commission, we'll see the greatest revival. Because God will answer prayer. 
So for the first time, they were going to pray for the Great Commission. I'm going to tell you what happened. So I'm driving to this church. The Great Commission is not popular. And so there are churches that I'll be going to, and on a weekday, there will be three or four or five. On a Saturday, I was going, one church, they invited me, they, they called me and said, don't, 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 you don't need to come anymore. Nobody came. But if it's another program, a worship concert, the church will be full. So I'd prepare my mind, sack my mind that no matter what, if there are three people, I'll speak as if there are a thousand people. But when I got to the church, I was shocked that the church car park, that was a large church, was full, like this car park is full. I said, oh, maybe there's another program going on. They took me to the pastor, he took me to the church, and I got to the church, and over a thousand people in the church for a missions event, great commission. I said, wow, this is unbelievable. I need to know the secret. So when the pastor came to introduce me, then I understood. He was a good man, he's a good man, and he said, God visited him. He had an encounter with the Lord Jesus. And Lord Jesus said, you started well. At the beginning, the Great Commission was your passion. And that's why your church has grown to this extent. And you were faithful. But now that your church has grown, you've forsaken the Great Commission. You're no more making the main thing the main thing. Go back, my son. So the Lord rebuked me, had an encounter. And so he started teaching. Had a series of teaching on the Great Commission, the Great Commission, the Great Commission, the Great Commission. Weeks after weeks. And the church changed. They began. They say, as the pastor, as the pulpit, so goes the church. So you are blessed to be in a good church. Many churches want to talk, we'll talk about it. They will do good Bible study, good cell groups, but there's nothing about the Great Commission. And that's becoming... The norm all over the world. Good programs, good children's program, good youth program, good home cells and cell groups, small groups. Everything is perfect. Good worship, good buildings. Everything is impeccable except the main thing. What an indictment. Except the main thing. Like some, someone was saying they had a party for their father. It was like their 80th birthday. And they plan everything, the hall, the food, the balloons, all kinds of stuff. But they didn't plan who would bring the father to the party. <laughs> so the party has come and they, they're enjoying. And they say, why is the celebrant? The, the person for whom they are having the birthday party is not at the party. <laughs> and that's how the church has become. The man, Jesus, we dance around him. We talk about him, we, but we don't do what he says we should do. The scripture that Michael read for us is his last words. He said his last command is our first command. I am going. But I have received authority from heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. When I teach, I have, we underline the verbs. What are the verbs, the action words? Go, make disciples of all nations. 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. So the pastor said he's, he has been teaching for weeks, and then he got to a place, he felt, oh, no, I need somebody who does this area, who, who is a missionary, who he's, knows more about the Great Commission. And the young man, one of his associate pastors had taught him missions in the Bible college. He said, oh, I know Pastor Ray, and that's how I got invited. And we had a blast on Wednesday and Thursday. And then Friday was prayer meeting for the lost, for the unreached. Beautiful. And they kept praying. And they kept praying. They prayed with passion. And I'll just share one testimony of what happened to that church. When they became a great commission church and thinking about the nations. One day, two robbers, thieves, were going to steal. The church is in a part of Accra which is very crowded near bus stations. And then one said to the other, I forgot the, the jack. You know, they, they use the jack to open the window and then they'll go into a house. That's what they do. They'll use the jack. And the guy said to the first thief, I forgot the jack. And so let me go to the, this church and steal from the car park, somebody's car, and I'll meet you there. So the guy said, okay, I'm taking the lead. But what he didn't know was that this church... He's praying for the lost. So he goes to a car park. The church is in session. He says nobody will see him. Just go and steal and go. But because the church has been praying for the lost, the Holy Spirit is at work. The man doesn't know. He says all he knows was he was in front of the church coming. And, and so the pastor was there and he was coming. And so the protocol wanted to stop him. The pastor said, no, allow him to come. And he went and knelt down. And, and surrendered. And they asked him, what do you want? He says, I don't know. I just came to steal from the car. I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> to God be the glory. He's now an evangelist. <laughs> he gave his life to Christ. He's preaching the gospel. And his friend was shot by the police that day. And the man said, I would have died twice. I have died and gone to hell. I would have died before my time. And all his life now is about the Great Commission. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's what that's just one example. My passion is to see churches rise up to the Jerusalem, their Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. It is possible when a church rises up and supports the pastor. Because the Great Commission is not great in the eyes of many Christians. They want something else. But not Redeemer. Redeemer wants the Great Commission. I got one amen. Thank you. I'll try again. Redeemer loves the Great Commission. I got three amen, so I'll try again. (laughs) Redeemer loves the Great Commission. I'll try for the last time. (laughs) Redeemer loves the Great Commission. Well done. (laughs) A church invited me, Pastor Josh, to to speak from 12 a.m. to 1 a.m., midnight. Because they had a youth all night. And the hall was filled. The young people love to pray. And, but they gave me one hour to speak during the prayer meeting. And when I finished, the pastor came. He was so excited. He said, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. This is what I wanted for the youth. I want them to hear and understand the Great Commission. I don't know why we say we are going to have a beach party. Yeah. We're going for an excursion. Yeah. We're having a Christmas party. Yes. We're going to share the gospel. Oh. Then the young people are not interested. 
Statistics say only 2% share the gospel on a regular basis. But God wants to make the Great Commission great again. Larry Hostel says, A conviction is something we will die for in order to protect, but a mandate is something we will die for in order to advance. People have a conviction they will die. People will strap. When I watched a documentary and I saw people in the Middle East that they, they, they were asking for suicide bombers, and there were more people than they required, maybe four or five times the number of people they required as suicide bombers. And I said, wow, God has put us to shame. The conviction, ready to die, for others to die. I have a friend in Nigeria. He escaped three times. Suicide bombers. He's a pastor at the church. Another time, they tried, a guy tried to drive into the church in a service like this with a car full of bombs. But the barrister saved them. Horrible things are happening in different parts of the world, especially where I come from, West Africa. The Sahel region is dangerous. So go to church could be your last day. And that's a great commission. A mandate is an aggressive, no compromise, no failure, tolerated approach to a tax that has greater motivating power than a conviction. So the great commission is our mandate to make disciples of all nations. So we say, number one, we have to remind them of what the great commission is. The only thing that can redeem a sinner, it doesn't matter who they are. Some of the places I have seen people change is America. I see people come to Christ all over the world. But even here in America, it's so beautiful to see lives transformed. There's nothing else that can save but the Great Commission, but the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I have some friends, they're very radical. So we're meeting in in, in Orlando, Florida, and we're thinking about some of these dangerous places like Somalia and Iraq and how we can penetrate. And we went down, said, let's just go to Starbucks for coffee. And we went down. And as we were buying the coffee, I just turned, and there's a lady there. I said, hey, how are you? I said, good, but not so good. Oh, really? What? Just a conversation. I try to teach people in Africa about conversational evangelism. Everywhere you go, he said, as you go, basically, the rent, as you go, make disciples of all nations. As you go. That lady gave her life to Christ. She had been depressed. She was suicidal because she gave birth to a child, on uh, a baby girl on Mother's Day. And this was a Wednesday. And Sunday was Mother's Day. She said, I don't think I can face this Mother's Day. But God saved her and set her free. She went back to the office and everybody said, what happened to you? She went home too. The husband says, what happened to you? The children say, what happened to you? Because the depression, she's gone through psychiatry, psychotic, could help her. The burden all broken by the power of the gospel. To see people saved is the greatest thing. To know Jesus as Lord and Savior. If we love Jesus, then we want everybody to know Jesus. When I got saved, nobody talked about the great commission. I just wanted everybody to know Jesus. I was preaching everywhere. And God wants to bring back that passion to all of us. One day, as a church, I go to Virginia. Our brother Jeff Buchet, Michael and Laura know him very well. He's going to be with the Lord. And the manager came to us and says, How is the food? He had tattoos everywhere. And Jeff tried to, Jeff was preaching the gospel. And he was resistant. And he started talking. He started venting. He was very angry. 
He says, I was 14 years old, and my mother threw me out from the house. The church threw me out. Nobody loved me. And he kept talking, talking. He was very angry. And as he was talking, I was praying. And I heard the Lord say, go, put your hand around him. And I went and put my hand around him. I said, your mother didn't die for you. The church didn't die for you. Jesus died for you. Jesus is the one who died for you. It's time to come back home. Will you come back home? He started nodding. And tears were flowing down his eyes. And I had the privilege to lead this guy back to Christ in the middle of a McDonald's restaurant. But the joy, the peace, you could see the transformation. And I can go on and on all over the world. People who are about to commit suicide, who the Lord saved. But everyone, either in America or Africa or Asia, everybody needs Jesus. And we have to take the gospel. I'm going to number two. It says, we have to understand the ploys of the enemy against the Great Commission. In Genesis chapter 3, he used deception. He said, did God really say you should not eat from the tree? Yes, God said, no, you will not die. He used deception. He got Adam. He got Eve. He's still using deception. If you read Revelation 12, verse 9, he says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, the Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. He deceives the whole world. In Matthew 2, 16 to 18, there's a biblical account of Herod killing the babies who were two years old. It says, then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled the word spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation. Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they were no more. Jesus. The enemy didn't want Jesus to get to the end of his ministry and to give us a great commission. He wanted to kill him as a baby. He didn't succeed. And Jesus had his ministry. 33 years on earth, three years of ministry, and at the end, he gives us the great commission. It's a scripture in 1 Corinthians 2. says, if the enemy knew what this would mean. He will not. The biggest mistake was crucifying Jesus. But he crucifies him. He thinks that's the end. But Jesus resurrects three years after, uh, three days after. Hallelujah! He resurrects, and he gives the great commission, so that the work will continue. And he takes twelve men and he gives the great commission. He's gone, but twelve men. I was teaching on the Great Commission and asked, what were the disciples thinking? It says, go and make disciples of all nations. They didn't have cable TV. They didn't have satellite. They didn't have aeroplanes. They didn't have internet. They didn't have all the facilities we have. They didn't have radio. They didn't have television. But I said, go and make disciples of all nations. Twelve men. What were they thinking? And what was Jesus thinking? And I'll throw the question to the students. 
And they say he's thinking. He was thinking that they will make disciples who 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 make disciples. To all I've heard. That's the Great Commission. The mandate is not to make converts, but to make disciples of all nations. And as biblical scholars, you know, the word nations, the, the Greek word is ethne, ta, ethne, which means people groups. About 16,000 people groups. Ta, ethne, make disciples. Nigeria is one geographical country, but they have 540 people groups. Huge country. Ghana, we have over 70-something people groups, almost 80. And out of that, 19 are still unreached. And I say to the church in Ghana, we cannot rest. We are 71.2% Christian, but there are still 90 unreached people groups. It means that something is wrong somewhere, and the church in Ghana has to arise. And I love to go to the churches and to challenge them. Let's arise and shine, for our light has come, and the glory of God is risen upon us. It is not right. We cannot sit down whilst others are worshipping false gods and idols. One of my greatest joys are areas we are working, and they bring their idols. They hear the gospel, Jesus, and they brought their idols to be burned. If a cocoa mama brings the idol to be burned, you know that they've had an encounter with Jesus. Because the idols, every house has idols. You go some visible and some hiding. And the biggest joy to see people come to Christ. People who worship idols and dance before idols. Now they are dancing before the Lord. Church, church in the north, in church in Accra is a city, so it might be close to what you have here. But church on the mission field is different. They sing and they dance like three hours, four hours, just worshiping Jesus. It's a joy. When you go, you don't need to go to the gym because you get all your workout in church. I love dancing, but I can't keep up. But these were people who were worshiping idols, who were bowing to enemy, but now they say Jesus. And one of Greatest times for me when I sit in the service and there's testimonies. And, and they'll come and say, the, the fetish priest came and said, oh, your son who is sick, take this medicine, this juju, and your son will find. He said, no, I'm not a follower of Jesus. I cannot take it. The another one, there was a, a young man. He had some, some kind of health challenges and, and nobody wanted to marry him. And he came and says, you can have this and you can have any girl you want. This is black magic. He said, no. I'm not a follower of Jesus Christ. I don't believe in these things anymore. Then another one came and shared. I didn't know there's something called spiritual fertilizer. The witch doctor comes and says, take this powder. And when you plant your maize, you put it in and you have a bumper harvest. This is not scientific. This is magic. He said, no, I don't believe in this anymore. I used to, but now I'm a follower of Jesus. Praise God. Making disciples of all nations. It's the greatest joy we've seen. We've gone to the places where even when they see a vehicle, the truck we're driving, they run away because no vehicle has ever come to that village and share the gospel. One of such places never has the gospel been shared. And the only person who had a cell phone, a mobile phone, was the witch doctor. And he's the one we connected with. And he asked the chief for permission. And we got there with the gospel. 
And 40 people came to Christ. And the church is planted there. It's the greatest joy to see lives transformed. One of the young ladies, Samantha, she's, she has the audio Bible, we call it Bible Plus, and she's memorized whole chapters, the whole of all books, the whole of Romans she can recite for it because she's just listening every day. She takes it to the farm. And she's sharing the gospel and people will come to Christ and they'll bring the idols and she'll burn them. Then the chief came to him and says, I've been watching you. And I said, you are playing with fire. You are burning idols. You will die. But I've been watching you. You are not dying. <laughs> it means this, your Jesus is real. Then one day the chief was going to his farm and people had put some black magic there. He was so scared. He came and said, you are the one who is not afraid. Come and take it. <laughs> and they went and took it and bent it. It was a Saturday. Sunday they were in church, in their mad heart church, and they are singing and worshiping Jesus, and they see the chief coming. And the chief with his hands says, I want to follow your Jesus. Hallelujah. And so when we met Samantha, I said, the, the one who was left was the chief. Samantha could say, my whole village has come to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Whole village. And it's such a joy to see what God is doing. Oh man, how did the time go? I'm now on point two. I have seven points. Let me finish up. <laughs> John 10 says, The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that you might have life. So, enemy is deceiving, he's using both deception and violence. To keep the church from the Great Commission. So, in parts, the whole of West Africa is under threat. Nigeria, not in Nigeria. There are places where you say, Jesus, you, your head will be cut off. We have missionary WhatsApp groups, and you see some of the missionaries in places like Jaws, Plateau, and the northern part of Nigeria, they will say, Oh, they are coming. These guys are shooting a house. We are under the table. Please pray. Please pray. And it's very recurring. Burkina Faso, Mali, and all these places. A man came to Ghana, and I was in Kenya at that time. Last year, December, we had a Zoom call. He talked about Sudan, the Sudan. He said, Sudan, it's open up. He was with some missionaries in, in Mauritania, and he felt there was a great need in Sudan, very few missionaries. So he moved from Mauritania to Sudan, and he did a lot of work. But in six years, he had... One convert, only one convert, and that convert still went back to Islam. Fast forward many years later, his son goes back to the same country, and within six months, he had baptized about 32 people who had given their lives to Christ and were willing to be publicly baptized. That could cause them a lies. True transformation. He says, Sudan is opening up all the years of prayer. God is doing, we need. And he says, will you send missionaries from Ghana? I said, we'll send. And then we're looking at how to send, how to send. And now war is broken out and the door is closed. Said me that we need a sense of urgency. They said the good news is only good news when it gets there on time. That's why we need all churches on board. If we have churches in Ghana, churches in America, ready, we have sent young people. In Ghana, we did a lot of mobilization and we had more people ready to go than ready to send. We had more goers than senders. Very shocking. 
So now we want to mobilize both coerce and senders. But if we had the people, they could have gone in. And so that's total lesson. We have to rally people. But an enemy is using persecution to keep the Great Commission out. And it's using deception. A man came from Uganda. There was a conference in the city of Accra. And this is a theologian, a bishop. And he says, the Great Commission is a colonial thing. It's a white man's thing. I didn't see that in the Bible. He tried to, to say... There's, there was no need for missionaries to go out. Africans know God already. Yeah, we know God, but we didn't know Jesus. We knew a different God. He tried to dilute the Great Commission. And I see the devil is using deception. And we stood out to him. There were three of us, we stood out. Later, the one who, who invited him said, he said, these are new ideas he got. He wanted to try it in Ghana. He said, no, don't try it here in Ghana. We want to follow the Great Commission. The Ghanaian church is already not so passionate about the Great Commission. And, and so there will be that deception. And many churches have no plan for the Great Commission, no plan to reach the nations, no plan. They are just thinking of themselves. Who is going to do it? Number three, we need to understand that the whole Bible is about the Great Commission. Nina Ganta said, if you take the Great Commission on missions out of the Bible, you only have the covers. Only the covers. Because from Genesis to Revelation is a great commission. I can preach about the great commission from every verse, every part of the Bible. The main one being Revelation, uh, Matthew 28, 18 to But every part of the Bible. And what proves it? There's a man who was a politician in Ghana. He proves that the whole Bible is a great commission. He was one of the six founding fathers of Ghana. He, was, he fell out with the president. He was called Kwame Nkrumah. They put him in prison. He went to prison five times. The fifth time, the wife took the Bible to him and a piece of cake. And the, the, the prison officer said, no, we can't accept the cake, but we can give him the Bible. He was in prison doing nothing, so he read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Two things happened to him. He had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He got saved. He was a churchgoer. He didn't have a personal relationship, not born again. He got saved. He found out salvation by faith and by grace through faith. That's the first thing that happened to him. The second thing that happened to him that he got mission-minded. He got to understand the Great Commission. Because it's there. It's right there. <laughs> so when he was released from prison, the first thing he, he went to all the church leaders. He said, where are the black missionaries? Where are the African missionaries? All the missionaries I know are white. They have done the work. What? But this Great Commission is for the whole church. There are many people in Africa who think the Great Commission is only for the American church. And we say, no, the Great Commission is for the whole church, the whole world. Like I say, it will take the whole church to take the whole gospel to the whole world. He said, where are the African missionaries? And so he called, because he was an influential man, he called the heads of all the denominations to a retreat. And then he gave them Matthew 28, 18 to 20. There were no screens at that time. They wrote on the board. It says, go into small groups and discuss. Is the Great Commission for us today? Or was it just for the 12? The, the leaders went and discussed and they came back. They studied Matthew 28, 18. Go and make disciples of all nations. They studied and studied and they came back and said, the Great Commission is for us today. Then he sent them back. What are you going to do about it? And when I'm ending, that's the question I'm going to ask you when I end in a few minutes. 
This is African few minutes, but I'll be trying to be American. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? And it, it became a turning point, a game changer in Ghana. They started what they call the New Life for All campaign, and they printed trust, taught the church how to evangelize, and the churches began to send missionaries to the northern part of Ghana. The, 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 the Christian population in Ghana was very low and it kept rising. It used to be like 4% went to 10%, 20 30 until it comes to 71 because a man had a vision. And it was from the great, from the Bible. Number four, we need to grasp what the Great Commission entails. So the first one is Matthew 28, 18, which is our key verse today. And that's what we call the principle of the Great Commission. The principle is to go, and the principle is to make disciples of all nations. Not just in our neighborhood, but of all nations. That's a hard thing. Because it's easy to reach your neighborhood. But what about Afghanistan? What about somewhere in Niger, in West Africa? What about Morocco, in North Africa? How would a church like Redeemer... So it's a, the, the principle of the Great Commission is all nations make disciples and converts. The next one is in Mark 16, 15 to 20. It says, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. Go into the world. And that's the scope of the Great Commission. Matthew gives us the principle of the Great Commission. Make disciples of all nations. Mark gives us the scope of the Great Commission. Go into the world and preach to every single human being. Wow, what a responsibility. <laughs> what a responsibility. That's the skill. The scope is the whole world. Nobody left out. Both rich and poor, black and white, Asian, Hispanic, Middle Eastern. Nobody left out. The next one in Luke is the message of the Great Commission. In Luke 24, 47, it says, Repentance and forgiveness of sins shall be preached in, in his name to all nations. The name Jesus, to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. So we get a message of the Great Commission, repentance and forgiveness of sins. Then the next one is the model of the Great Commission. You find that in John 20, 21. You say, as the Father has sent me, so do I send you. That everybody is sent. Charles Finney said, the day that we realize that we are all missionaries, the end will come because we all will take a part. Everybody is sent. That's the model of the Great Commission. And the last one is Acts 1, verse 8. We see the power of the Great Commission. It says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then be my disciples in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the world. I like the King James Version. It says, Both, both in Jerusalem, the Redeemer, both in Aurora, and Nepal, and, and where is your, your Judea, and your Samaria, and the uttermost part. That every church will do simultaneously through prayer. There are so many resources. Prayer, so many resources through prayer. And we're teaching churches in Africa how they can be involved through short-term missions, through sending long-term missionaries, through supporting missionaries. Hey, Redeemer started supporting us. God bless you. Hallelujah. We're so grateful for that partnership. So we, if we grasp the extent of the Great Commission, you know, this is the biggest enterprise, the biggest assignment ever. That no matter what we do, and that takes us to the next one I'm running up now, we need to be reminded of, of, of the purpose of the church. We call it the upward mission of the church. And many churches do well with worship and praise and prayer 
And then the inward mission with their Bible study and, and, and good sound doctrine, no heresy, good teaching like this church. Many churches do that. But the third one is the outward mission. It's where churches all over the world are lacking and where Christians are lacking. So there's no problem with the outward mission and there's no problem with the inward mission for many churches except those who, are, who have drifted. But the outward mission, there's a deficiency. And there's a big need. So only few are doing the work. And on 15th November, the world population tends to be 8 billion. So there are more people. But when our Lord Jesus said in Mark, Matthew 9, 35, he said the harvest is plenty, 35 to 38. The harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. Up to now, the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. We need more workers. Thank God that we all are workers. Thank God we are all workers in our Jerusalem, in our Judea, Samaria. That even a church is very good with worship. There are churches that are good in worship. They have worship albums everywhere. Elevation church. There are churches that are big and they are blessing the body of Christ worship. There are churches that have 24-hour prayer and they do well. There are churches that have good doctrines like Redeemer and teaching, very good like Redeemer. Those two are key, but many, only few churches are doing well with the Great Commission. And it's very surprising. And God wants to make the Great Commission great again. Number six, we need to be reminded always of the extent of the unfinished tax. Because of time, I'm going to shift that to Wednesday. Wednesday, don't miss Wednesday, we're going to talk about that. God's heart for the nations. We'll see the extent of the unfinished work. Anytime I speak it, I teach it, it stirs me up. It stirs me up. What am I going to do more? I gotta do more. I can't be complacent. I gotta do more. I gotta go. And, and, and we're just going. I, I see what's happening in West Africa and the Sahel. And one way Africa, we have been comfortable in sending just in Ghana. I said, no, we're gonna send. We're challenging people. We're gonna go. We're gonna go. We're gonna go to Burkina Faso. We're going to Mali, into Chad, into Niger. We're going into Morocco, Mauritania. We're gonna, we can't be, we can't, someone 99.9% Muslim. Many countries, even Niger, the former president used to brag that they are 100% Muslim, but they are only 1% Christian. And that's not far from Ghana. I can go to Niger by bus. The extent of the work should wake us up. Gives us the agency. COVID-19 is an example. A global pandemic, and the whole world rose up. Today, we, have, we don't have a pandemic anymore. When the WHO declared the pandemic is over, everyone said, praise the Lord. But it was that concerted effort, that making the greatest assignment everywhere. Where? No smarts. Lockdown. The governments did everything to make sure this is dealt with. And I feel that's how the church needs to deal with the Great Commission. Let's bring all our resources. Let's bring all our money. Let's bring all our people. Children, youth, men, women. This is the greatest assignment. More greater than COVID. Because this one, people die, they go to hell. COVID, they die. Where do they go to? But this is so urgent. And how we put all forces to defeat COVID, it shows that the gospel can be reached. If only the church will rise up and say, we got to do this. We have no option. If the government didn't take the authority, I don't know what will happen to the world. Today I call on you. Let's have the same agency we had during COVID. 
Number seven, we need, all need to take action consistently and intentionally to obey the Great Commission. David Platt has two conclusions. We watched a video at the retreat. He said one of his conclusions is, if you are not living and dying to make disciples of unreached nations, then you are disobeying the Great Commission and disregarding the goal of God. Every person who has the spirit of Christ has been commissioned by God to live and give and work and die with zeal to see disciples multiplied. If there's any guilt in that, let us justify ourselves, but let us not justify ourselves, but rather repent. Then the second conclusion of David Platt is that by God's grace, you and your church have a significant and unique part to play in seeing the nations enjoy and exalt Christ. Today, if you hear his voice, don't have your heart. A great commission. I love to hear messages about a great commission. Even though I'm speaking about it constantly, because every time our hearts get cold so quickly, we get distracted easily. But I like to hear it, and I like the conviction. And beyond the conviction, the reminder of the mandate that I have a role to play. One man with God is a majority. One church with God is a majority. There's so much each one of us can do. And the time is now. See what's happening around the world, West Africa, and I say, the good news is only good news when it gets there on time. We're going to draw our forces, call the reserves, call everyone, no who's bad, the children, the youth, everyone. We'll make Jesus glad. Like they used to say, may the lamp receive the full reward of his suffering. That Jesus died for the whole world. It's not his desire that anyone should perish. His will is that everyone will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. And that's why he gave us a great commission. Go, 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 my people. I'm going back. But the authority I have, I'm giving to you. Don't sit, don't play church. Don't just do nice things. But go and make disciples of all nations. It's not impossible. With God, all things are possible. And it is mission possible. It's called the Great Commission. And we're going to live the name of Jesus together. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for stirring us up. Every time I speak, you stir me up. Every time I speak, I repent of my apathy and, and lukewarmness. Repent, I repent of it. I want to do more. Until you call me home, I don't want to come home alone. I want to come with hundreds and thousands. I want to see heaven full and hell empty. I want to see your glory. I want to lift your name, Jesus. I want the nations to know you, Lord. Only one name, Jesus. It will be our purpose and our passion. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.